0: We're glad you're joining us here at Common Thread Online. This is a recording of our community gathering as we do each week to think together about the spiritual journey. At the end of the lesson, we open the floor for discussion, but we'd love to hear what you're thinking as well. On our website, our directions to download our app. Once you have it, join the group, What Are You Thinking? We'd love to connect with you there. Uh, letting go. We've been exploring without using the term the spiritual practices of detachment. Uh, We practice letting go of small things, tangible things, practical things, and in the process of doing that, (coughs) rewire uh, our brains. And we keep rewiring our brains until the capacity emerges, develops, for us to be able to let go of the bigger thing. And the bigger thing is the skewed, perception version of self what we often call ego self or false self it's very difficult for human beings to let go of ego directly so the wisdom of the ancients was to afford us incremental steps you start letting go of small things like maybe you let go of social media for a while or during lent the practice might be to let go of chocolate for those six weeks We practice, as we've seen in this lesson, letting go of negativity brain bias by practicing gratitude or letting go of the accumulating stuff instinct in our brains by practicing voluntary simplicity or letting go of the on-my-own-don't-need-anybody instincts that we all pick up as a culture by practicing friendship. So today, we conclude with one more practical practice. This one gets about as close as we can get to letting go of ego directly. Letting go of our not true enough truth versions of self. Now what today could be is several lessons Uh, because there are lots and lots of contemplative practices and I could have done something on each one of them but we give enough focus I think at other times to those We always focus on mindfulness meditation practices like centering prayer or breath meditation or body scan, the welcome prayer. We can do those things to help us let go of the tyranny of habit thinking. The loving kindness meditation, we'll come back to that again. Letting go of the clutchy kind of habits that we have toward grudge holding or toward indifference feeling toward other people, the dismissal of other people. And there are a lot of practices of self awareness, but that's the one that we're going to uh, focus on today. And we're going to focus on two practices, two letting go practices that help us toward self examination. (coughs) You'll hear about every one of those contemplative practices sometime during the year because we rotate through them all. But when we talk about self examination, you will often hear us talk about. Examine of Consciousness. That's a very old term. Examine for short. E-X-A-M-E-N. It's spelled in the Latin. That's how old it is. Today I'm going to briefly explain what it is, along with its kissing cousin, Free Range Journaling. I hope you saw Thursday's email with the title of today's lesson because I was very pleased with myself. That is so damn creative. Ha <laughs> ha. Inspiration, the art of the journal. That is clever times two. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Examine is a structured approach to journaling. It's a practice that we do at the end of the day. comes from the late 1500s, instituted by Ignatian and Ignatius of Loyola, who was trying to wrestle down his own skewed ego self as well as the skewed ego selves of his religious order, what was then just the newly emerging Jesuits. And he instituted this practice of examine to help us as the day is coming to an end to ask ourselves a series of questions and then write out the answers. Even back then when nobody read or wrote We already realize that we evoke a different kind of thinking when we put pen to paper. Here's a simplified description of examine. We find a quiet place, a favorite chair, maybe a cup of tea. We quiet our minds and we start start to wind down the end of our day. And we ask ourselves first, what happened today? Because you know, like I do. It's very difficult for you to remember even now, 10 something in the morning, what you had for breakfast because we live through our lives without much examination. So at the end of the day, the first question is, what did I do today? And we begin to create bullet points of, I did this. Uh, Oftentimes uh, I do it in consultation with my calendar because I look back over, what did I do today? Because we create bullet points, here's what I did here's who I saw, here's the conversation that I had, here's what I said in that conversation, here's what I heard in that conversation, here are feelings that came up during the day, here are thoughts that I had during the day. And out of that, we just create a bullet point list, my day. The second question is, as I reflect on what happened today, as I look over those bullet points, what am I grateful for? What am I grateful that happened today? And then we write that down. After we've done that for a while, looking over those bullet points, we ask ourselves, when did I move with the divine? When did I not? Or, put another way, when did I draw from my deeper self? When did I not? Or, put another way, when did I live from my better angels? When did I not? And then we write it down. (coughs) And then third... We just simply ask, what do I want tomorrow? Informed by how I moved with or did not move with the divine today, what do I want tomorrow? How do I want to behave differently? How do I want to think differently? How do I want to live differently? And then we write it down. And the testimony of generations before us, as simple as that practice is, do it and we deepen our self-awareness. Do it and we tend to draw things up to our conscious minds that don't normally get drawn up. So examine. I, is it still on our website somewhere, Jen? Yeah. No, I don't think so. It might be on our website somewhere because I've had it there in the past. I've, I've got, uh, there's all kinds of stuff we've done. Just go put E-X-A- EXAMEN into the search of the old audio lessons and you'll find something there. <clears throat> it's a structured approach to journaling. By asking the same questions every night, we get used to the questions. Consequently, by establishing that rhythm, it's not long before we start carrying those four questions, or three questions, into our days. We find ourselves getting ready for the chair we know we're going to be sitting in tonight, and we ask ourselves in the moment, Huh, am I right now? Am I drawing from the divine, or am I not? drawing from the divine. Am I living from my better angels or am I not? I'm going to be writing about it tonight, so let me be thinking about, am I living that way? So again, structured journaling, very helpful. But so is unstructured or free-range journaling. In that approach, we just write and we let the mind go where the mind goes. Kind of stream of consciousness journaling, no editing, no composing, no working on the craft of writing it's actually helpful when you do free-range journaling to make the decision beforehand that you're going to take these papers and you're going to throw them into the trash afterwards just to make sure that you don't introduce the component of performance because i might read it later later and i'll be writing for myself or you might be reading it later and i write my own heroic journal to make sure we don't do any of that performance journaling we make the commitment even before we start that we're going to throw it away And here's what free range journaling does. It helps us unearth what's in there that we usually don't see is in there. So oftentimes we will start with a prompt, a question or a topic, and then we just write. We set a time limit and we write until the ding goes off. We We write for 15 minutes or we write for 20 minutes. Don't edit, don't make it pretty. Just the very tactile practice of putting ink to paper and that becomes a tool that brings to the surface stuff that normally goes unseen, definitely in there, just usually goes unseen. As I've been saying about all of these practices in this lesson, Google is your friend. There is no shortage of practical advice on journaling. I put in a quick search. Prompts for self-awareness journaling. Here are three that came back. My first search got 16. I only included three of them. Uh, The first one, pick a core value that you hold and then write about how it impacts or doesn't impact part of your everyday life. Or write about something that you're naturally good at. Uh, When do you do that thing or when do you not do that thing? Do you uh, do it as often as you'd like? Why or why not? Or pick significant life event. Now that you've got it picked, how is that event shaping the everyday life that you live today? Any one of those, given time and focus and attention, will deepen our self-awareness. I asked Denise what prompts she uses, getting ready for today, because I know journaling has been a core practice for her. And she told me of her simple approach. She starts with the body scan meditation that we've been doing these last few weeks. She finds some place of tension in her body, maybe in her chest, maybe in her stomach, maybe across her forehead. And with nothing more than that, just a vague sense that there's tension somewhere in her body, she starts writing, curious about what is going to happen come up. She also sent me this prompt, which she said has been helpful for her in the past. What is renting the most real estate in your head right now? And write about that for 20 minutes and go. And uh, it's also vague and ill-defined, but it's a place to start writing and be curious about, huh, I wonder what will come up over these 20 minutes might be helpful to combine the two, the structured and the unstructured, by going through the list of bullet points about your day, and then read through and wait for one of those to ping you. Maybe ping with some curiosity, or maybe wondering, or maybe there's some kind of reaction you don't even understand, and then start writing about that. Again, curious about what will come up. There is no shortage of tools, and they are all very easily available there's no shortage of support and encouragement online it's a helpful tool people have been helped by the journaling tool consequently human altruism being what it is people are eager to share what has been helpful to them again you will find no shortage but this is the same as we've been saying about each one of the practices that we've looked at in these lessons. the how to do it is not the hard part of the equation with five to ten minutes online you can be fully up to speed on the best practices around self-awareness journaling. How? Not the hard part. The hard part is doing anything different. Anything that is different from what we already do is difficult. Our brains just are habit machines. To ask them to do anything new is going to require of our brains substantive energy and focus and concentration. It's going to expend calories if we try to do something that we haven't already done before. And our brains just do not do that kind of expenditure unless there is a strong motivation to do it. That's the hard part, because the default setting in our heads is to automatically believe about anything that we don't already do. Eh, no value. Eh, it's not going to work. Eh, won't make a difference. That's just where our brains go. It's a way of saying, don't spend calories you don't have to spend. Don't spend energy you don't have to spend. Go with what you've done. Do what you've done. Our heads just go there. We could have all the ancient wisdom uh, that we would want, but evidence isn't the point. The point is that our brains are uh, designed to conserve resources. Rewiring some habit or doing some new kind of thing, fashioning some new network of neurons in our brains, doing a new thing, creating a new thinking pattern, it is costly. And our brains are programmed to not do costly unnecessarily. So it takes a pretty strong motivation for our heads to even allow us to consider a new costly thing. So let's see if we can finish with a little bit of motivation. <laughs> I'm gonna start with a the story, then I'll give you a list. Now, before I tell the story, I gotta tell you, I love, love, love my grandkids. I love that they come to my house two times a week. I just love it. And I love it, eyes wide open, to the truth that they bring to my house twice every week every disease that is circulating in Wake County schools. (laughs) And they bring to me twice every week every disease on every drooled on toy at the YMCA. I have been sick three times since Thanksgiving. This week was one of them. You can probably hear it in my voice. I am going to have a rocket immune system as soon as this post-pandemic plunge is finished. I am just I've had everything, so I'm going to be immune to everything, but I did get slowed down a little bit this week. And because I did, I didn't fully process, as I would normally do, how I would tell you this story that I'm about to tell you. And I didn't process it with the person that told the story to me. So what I'm going to do is what I do when that happens. I'm going to disguise it so you have no idea who this is. It's a true story, except for the parts I changed. Starting with, I flipped a coin. I found this really cool uh, site uh, where you can just push a button, flips a coin, head or tails. It'll come up. I I flipped a coin on the website to decide, is it going to be a man in our community or going to be a woman in our community? I wasn't going to tell you the gender. I'm cleverly disguising it. So a man in our community won the coin flip. (laughs) And in the course of a conversation this week, a man in our community heard a passing remark. And I use that term ping all the time because when something just gets us to pay attention, gets us to notice, we really ought to latch on to that thing. So a remark was made. It wasn't a mean remark. It wasn't a positive. It wasn't a negative remark. It was just a thing. But it somehow got through the defenses and it stuck with him. So he thought about it for a day or two, had the frame of mind to not let it go, and realized, reflecting on it, just how difficult it is for him to impose himself on other people. It is his way to get along easily with others. It is his way to not make waves. It is his way to not rock the boat. And he saw this about himself Again, didn't think it was good, didn't think it was bad, just noticed. But this guy has been practicing journaling. So one of those days shortly after that pinging awareness kind of experience, that was his prompt, write about my not-make-waves way of being. 15 minutes, no editing, no direction in mind, just curious about what's going to come up see what my subconscious has to say on the topic of me not making waves. So starts off sure enough and usually when you start off there's not much that comes out you're just really just putting words on a page but after a few moments of quieting and writing and quieting and writing a question forms in his mind. When I was nine years old and my brother was full on into his addiction, what was my nine-year-old self thinking? What was my nine-year-old self feeling? Again, no sense of where the writing should go, Uh, ought to go, just writing. God, those were some chaotic years. Mom and dad were up to their ears in crisis mode. (coughs) All the drama, all the tumult, all the commotion, all the turmoil. What was nine-year-old me doing? actually I have a hard time remembering what was nine-year-old me thinking and feeling. Continuing to write, continuing to write, continuing to write. You know what I bet? I bet nine-year-old me looked around and determined in keeping with my natural personality, here's what this situation does not need. It does not need more drama. Here's what this situation does not need. It does not need more chaos. It does not need more turmoil. Here's what this situation does not need. It does not need more me. So I'll keep my head down. I'll keep my grades good. I'll stay out of trouble. I'll not impose. I'll not make demands. I can imagine writing, writing, writing. I can imagine nine-year-old me concluding That would be what's best. Probably didn't use the words back then but I bet I picked up a strategy of not being seen. By meeting expectations, by not pushing my needs, by not pushing my desires, by not pushing my concerns, not (coughs) be seen. In that tinderbox world Plenty of need there didn't need any of mine. Plenty of desire, plenty of drama didn't need any of mine. I can also imagine, writing and writing and writing, that that pattern did not stop when the addiction drama was finally over. I imagined not pushy, not demanding became more than just how I navigate my brother. I bet it became a way of being me in the world. And I bet don't speak out, I bet don't push for, I bet don't ask for, I bet don't have needs, maybe don't even feel needs. I bet that's still in there because I don't intrude and I don't demand and I am hyper aware of imposing on other people's time I don't even feel my needs. I always thought I was just non-needy. I always thought that uh, I was strong and that's a good story, that's a story that feels good to tell myself. I am the strong silent type, yep that's me. I am the non-needy type, yep that feels good. But maybe I've been fooling myself writing, writing, writing. I bet I do have needs. And I bet my relationships have gotten a little bit one-dimensional because I don't ask for and I don't get what I need. Stuff that I now realize I do need, I don't ask for. Now that is self-awareness. And that is why we journal. Because that is something we can begin to do something with. We can begin to make alterations and adjustments in our lives when we see that which most of the time we don't see. The slowness of pen on paper creates space and gives us room for the unconscious part of our brains to filter up, to be heard, to get past the noisy, noisy, noisy parts of our conscious brains. That's the story. Here's the list. Journaling is a great way to bring to our conscious minds what's in there that most of the time we don't realize is in there. Second, journaling, by helping us know more of what's going on inside of us, gives us choices. Once we see what's going on inside, we can go with nine-year-old habit thinking me. But now we have the choice to not go with nine year old habit thinking me. Now it's still hard to make that choice because habit brains, remember we do what we've done, but by having the choice and seeing what we've seen, we have an option that we didn't have before. Journaling can help us access emotions. Most Most of us grew up in this culture, have been taught by this culture to not be too emotional. All of our social norms enforce it. Don't be too emotional, which would be great if that's how human being worked. The problem is human beings are emotional beings. That's part of what it means to be human. So journaling acquaints us with an interior world where emotions live that we often ignore, giving us greater access to what turns out to be a greater truth about our humanity. Fourth Journaling helps us solve problems, helps us make decisions. By cutting through all of the conscious mind noisiness, it helps us access the deeper workings of what's going on inside us. We see things more clearly. We see previously unseen alternatives. We see uh, the ability to make decisions and solve problems more clearly. And finally, The very resistance that we have to doing a new thing, journaling just one of them, making the time and the space and the concentration and the focus to engage a different way of thinking, that very effort changes us. Journaling is not difficult. What's difficult is to sit down and journal. That very fact that it's difficult to sit down and do tells us that if we will do this difficult thing, it is going to change us. Our brain is resisting the energy and the calories and the effort and the concentration and the focus that will be required if we start thinking in different patterns. But if we do, it will change our brains. As you'd expect, it will change our brains by making us better at journaling. Sure it will. Uh, better at bringing up things that we don't usually bring up that's very good but there's even more than that <clears throat> any one of the things that we've talked about in this lesson is a new thing and it is an effort requiring thing a concentration and focus requiring thing. and if we do that concentration focus effort requiring thing we end up developing new neural connections in our heads and not only, when we do that, do our brains get better at the thing, in this case, journaling, or friending, or gratituding, or simplifying. Not only does our brain get better at doing the thing, it also gets better at doing new things. Our brains get better at thinking new ways. Our brains get better at thinking beyond habit-thinking ways. We not only get better at the thing we get better at instituting change and rethinking how we think. All the practical practices that we've seen in this lesson so far, the how-to part is not the hard part. The hard part is the process of doing the new thing, cutting new neural pathways in our heads. That's the hard part. Now, I do not imagine that many of us hearing these practices of detachment are thinking to ourselves ah that's stupid I would never do that I know you people I know you are a desire to grow bunch more likely the challenge is ah that would be good for me I would like to do that I really would like to do that and then life happens so let's conclude today and conclude this whole series reprising something that we said last week. Is that the right word? All right. Could have been a coda. I wasn't sure. I'm not really familiar with musical terms. (laughs) Let's reprise what we said last week. If you've got 10 units of energy for spiritual community, spend eight of them making friends. If you've got 10 units of energy for spiritual community, spend eight of them making friends. The primary indicator of a person actually making the kinds of changes that we've described in this letting go lesson, it's not knowing best practices. The primary indicator of whether we will implement changes in our lives, do we have friends on the journey with us? If we have friends who practice journaling, odds are highly improved that we're going to begin practicing journaling. If If we have friends who are thinking about how we could live more simply, the odds that we're going to start thinking about how to live more simply go up exponentially. If we've got friends who are asking one another, what are you thankful for? The odds that we're going to begin to shift our thinking into gratitude thinking and push against negativity bias goes up exponentially. We do get carried along by the current of our relationships. That again is just human wiring. I used to tell my boys when they were growing up, dude, you need better friends. And then I would always say, here's, the, here's what friends are. I used to work as a whitewater rafting guide and I know how strong a current can be even if the water's only up to your knees. I said, here's what your friends are. They're the current you're standing in. You cannot but get tired and you are going to sit down. You cannot not get tired. You will sit down. When you do, now the question is is the current pulling you forward or is the current pulling you back? That's just human wiring. If we are with spiritual friends who are working together on doing a thing, the odds that we are going to do the thing go up exponentially. So if you want to make change, make friends. On the spiritual journey together, kinds of friends. Amen. So in Dwelling Divine, may we as a community be learning together how to let go. And may we as a community be strengthening one another in the practices of letting go. Amen. Well, if you would, please prepare your offerings. We all give online, so all you have to do is go to your phone. You can go to the QR code. You can go to our website. You can go to the app. <clears throat> and when you go there, you'll, uh, I hope you have been uh, listening to. If you weren't here for, I hope you've listened to. or If you haven't, if you just go to the Resources tab of our website, you can find it under Resources uh, Audio and you look for the one that says financial report from three weeks ago, four weeks ago, something like that. Uh, We're we got to make some decisions over the summer about our finances, I would very much like you to know about that, be involved. Again, resources, audio. Keeping in mind what I say every week, there's always good return when we invest in spiritual community. We give time, energy, love, dollars. The community takes those resources, amplifies them and gives them back to us in the environment in the form of an environment in which we flourish thrive grow are transformed so we all donate online please do online folks we're going to dismiss in just a moment and when we do you are invited to go over to the online version of what we're going to do in the room although today in the room we're going to do something a little bit different but you can talk about the lesson and uh, the, the zoom is on the front page of the website the password is 1417. 1417. And uh, I hope you'll join. Let's dismiss the folks online. If you would, please put your hand on your heart, remembering as we go that we are, every one of us, carriers of the indwelling divine. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, all in us because we carry divine breath in us. And if you would extend your other hand to our city, let's look for opportunities to share what's already in us with the people that we live and work, go to school with looking for opportunities to repair and heal our worlds. Amen. God bless you all. You are dismissed. If these recordings help you move forward on your spiritual journey, we hope you'll take an ownership stake in the community and support the health and well-being of the community. Go to our website, commonthreadchurch.org. The donate button is right there on the top. Thank you.